everybody, I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska. And we are the two horny girls. We're just two horny girls climbing the mountain of life, eating Asian American stereotypes for breakfast. Oh my god, Priska, this is our fucking finale episode of season one. Oh my god, how did that happen? How did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like yesterday we were just starting. We were little baby podcasters. You know, like Super Mario, like levels up. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh my God, he was so tall. Like he was so short. We now ate a bunch so of tall. mushrooms. We ate like- a bunch of <laughs> mushrooms, which by the way, I think are legal now in the state of Oregon. Amazing. Congratulations, Oregon. Congratulations. You Time guys for are a little bit of right. a drive. But speaking of what has changed. <laughs> Basically, you guys, there's a lot of things happening right now because this is the first time that Priska and I are actually physically in front of each other doing this podcast. It's crazy. We're all tested. Tested. We're COVID safe. And um, also, today was the announcement that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won the election. <laughs> Joe Biden! Yes! Kamala! Yes. We're, we're going to have an Asian black vice president for the first time female honestly that was what got me emotional this whole time was the fact that she became the vp i knew it was a possibility but now that it's real and like i'm in disbelief i'm in disbelief. I, I was crying all morning how, how did you respond how i don't know react? it's a, such a fucking historical day yeah i think i was just so overwhelmed by all the joy and happiness that yeah. i felt today <sighs> like it felt like this year has been so hard on all of us and to hear that you know the good side not to say that but really like justice has been won yeah um it just brings me so much hope and joy as we close out this year because you know what next next month is december already yeah, yeah. and then it's the turn of 2021 guys i it's this year is finally coming to an end like i can't and it's like the most ratchet season of the bachelor ever <laughs> no a hundred percent so i just feel like right now me being with you is so fucking 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 meaningful it's so meaningful because yeah. you know it's the beginning but it's also the end yeah. you know it's yeah. like it's it's the first time we're sitting across from each other doing yeah. this podcast but it's also the end of our season so yeah. we did the whole thing in quarantine and then now you know we have a new president and um it's just so like incredible to be here in this moment especially this topic too that we want to talk about it's true i mean so today we're talking about the glow up and you know how we've changed over the years and we're going to reflect on what's happened this season and what Mm -hmm. i want to say is like I want to extend a huge thank you for everyone who's been listening all season, giving us feedback, commenting on our Instagram page or or tweeting at us, emailing us. Um, I can't tell you guys how important it's been to Roxy and I, because like, you know, we've been in isolation. You've been in isolation. Mm -hmm. But through this, I feel I've felt a lot less alone. I don't know about you, Roxy. Oh, my God. I feel the same way as well. Like, you know, Priska and I really didn't come out with any expectations. We just wanted to do this for ourselves and see where it goes and, you know, share personal stories and also challenge ourselves. Yes, totally. You know, because you you're a performer and I'm a filmmaker. We tell stories for a living. Mm -hmm. But like this is another layer to break in our personal growth journey and we're just so thankful and enamored with all of you for like you know talking to us and giving us your comments like it really means the world and it just gives us so much hope yeah. and inspiration to be able mm-hmm. to take this to the next level and just be better it's true and i think like if there's anything to thank the trump era it's that it's galvanized another generation of us to fight against it yes. and i don't think 
I don't know that we would have started this podcast if it hadn't been, you know, the necessity of fighting racism, like, head on. You yes, know what I mean? And I know exactly. we're not, like, a racism anti-racist. Well, obviously, we are anti-racist, but we're not specifically a podcast that deals with racism. But the body that we occupy, it's... Uh, like we're both people of color and so we experience racism and so the more the more clear and deliberate we can be about our experiences the more we can be seen as like a 3d person in the eyes of people that don't inhabit our bodies you know we just want to connect with everybody in a more humanistic way depending no matter who is listening so Priska, i love you so much thank you so much for going on this journey with me and i can't Wait to see how much further we grow. Yeah. I mean, but once we have to like do our update progress report right now today in this uh-huh, episode. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So how did you feel throughout season one? Like what were your feelings throughout the podcast so far? You know, I think it's really interesting because we started it when we were both in quarantine. I know that yeah. during this time you've been freelancing, working a lot mm-hmm. and you've been juggling so many things. You've been teetering on the brink of burnout many times. Mm. And me, I was like stagnant for a little bit. And then I went complete 180 and yeah. went out of town and like, like did yeah, it went super fucking cray cray. But honestly, I remember there were times when Priscilla would like touch base with me and be like, "Are you feeling okay? Mm-hmm. Are you feeling like it's too much? Like we could take a break this week?" And I'm like, "Actually, no. Mm-hmm. Like I find a lot of joy doing this podcast. It's almost yeah. become therapeutic to yeah. me. Yeah. And like living it back to Capricorns. I don't know if this is just because we're workaholics <laughs> or find therapy and work, but yeah. in a way, it works for me. Like just being able to revisit our conversations, really thinking about these questions that we throw at each other, yeah. and and what comes out of us." instinctively mm-hmm. when we're pressed with those sorts of topics like totally. really goes to show us in the world who we are yeah right it's so true i think yeah for me i think when we first started it i remember i was like so excited and we like got the website and like we were getting going and then the day before we were gonna or the weekend before we were gonna record our first episode mm. my stomach was in knots and i like didn't really know why i yeah. was just like oh my god like i i'm so nervous like i felt like it was like before i don't know getting like my tonsils out or something i <laughs> felt like that kind of anxiety yeah and i didn't really understand it until we recorded the episode and then like spoke talked to people about it afterwards who were like you guys are so courageous for sharing xyz and i'm like i don't know that i felt courageous other than like i suddenly recognized like us taking a, a public stance on pretty touchy subjects is it's not a very safe time to do that um but i think instead of shying away from combating this like i have my whole life we are facing it head on together and we're showing each other so much grace and we're breaking open a lot of fears that so many of us have doubts that so many of us have and insecurities you know and in that i feel like it's been so cathartic i've felt more confident in who i am as a person yes bitch and it's like changed and grown our friendship yes you know even after being biffles for so many years over a decade it's like i'm still learning things about you you're still cracking open certain parts of me (laughs) you like (laughs) (laughs) and honestly this has been such a safe space for us so we really appreciate all of our listeners and you know we encourage you know people who disagree we encourage dialogue and conversation and i hope that we just reach more engagement as we continue to grow in this yeah and so um we're gonna read a little note from the audience (gasps) and then i have a little surprise for roxy oh my god so so, (laughs) i mean don't you guys love a surprise i love surprises (laughs) yeah surprise um so there's a note from an audience i spoke about my friends john and beth schumann um i think in like episode one or two Mm -hmm. but they are my old neighbors neighbors. (laughs) my old neighbors who i wish i was still living across the hallway 
from um, because I used to leave my keys in the door all the time and they would be like, oh, well, another night for Priscilla. <laughs> but um, she and, and John have been listening to it. And so she sent me a really nice little text message. So I just want to share that with everybody. Um, do you want to split? split reading this no you should read it I because read it's it. to you yes okay. go okay. for it um i was listening to the third episode today i'm so impressed with your ability to interview and ask really pertinent questions the podcast is truly enlightening in that it is specific to both your experiences yet it offers universal appeal and truths one episode brought me back to trying to learn how to kiss by <laughs> scouring magazines for articles practicing on the back of my hand and stuffed animals <laughs> by the way that was just last week <laughs> oh my god you know, uh, Priscilla, what I really love about you is like your ability to retain relationships and friendships, even as things change. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Beth yeah. and John, I mean, they were your neighbors from quite a while yeah. ago now, but you still keep in touch with them. You still yeah. engage with them. You know, like that is what do you have to suggest to people who feel like they don't know how to reconnect with people? I just feel like if you really connect with people on a soul level, there's nothing that should deter you from reanimating that relationship, even if it's been um, in your mind, like kind of defunct for a long time mm-hmm. you know um so my biggest example is my friend Alyssa. um she and i also and so she um we went to film school together we actually dormed together um we uh, we went to england together for ca- the cambridge program um and we were so close but in most of our 20s probably from the ages of 24 to 30 or 29 we were not talking to each other she moved to london she was doing film school um, and when she came back to town, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh my God, is it going to be the same? Are we mm-hmm. going to be able to, you know, find that same rapport? But I was like, you know what? This is a friendship that means so much to me. I don't give a fuck that I haven't talked to her in five years, you know? And so I hit her up. We went to a movie and we just like cried and laughed and talked and drank and like reconnected like no time had passed and there are days where like well we regret those five years we didn't have together but like we needed to grow we needed to do our own thing but there was nothing that could separate us because there was such a soul connection there and and it's not always the case but i would just say if you feel that you have a soul connection with someone don't be afraid to try and you know re-engage that person even if a lot of time has passed i don't know but you have a lot of friends that you've kept for a really long time too what are things that you do to keep those friendships going you know it's interesting that you share that story about Alyssa because i didn't know that i didn't yeah. know that you guys were you know lost contact for that many amount of years because I, I was like oh prisca and Alyssa, like biffles for life tied at <laughs> yeah, the hip you yeah, know what i mean totally and then um really recently my oldest friend yeah. oldest friend i think andrew vo from diamond bar high school oh. who was my first crush in high school oh. and then um we we went to prom together did he have like, spiky hair he did have spiky <laughs> hair and literally like he's a virgo and oh. at virgo and capricorns like, get together like biffles right okay. and you know he was like i we just had so much feelings for each other and like um oh we really connect that that soulmate connection was yeah. what we had in high school and then he came out to me the summer after oh, high school wow. and now he's engaged and he's in atlanta oh my and God. it's it's beautiful because i actually haven't spoken to him in four years and and then he texted me last week and he goes hey roxy i really miss you can we do a facetime date and i'm like yes of course but you know how fucking busy i am nowadays yeah. that i just forget yeah and then he actually followed up and he's like hey i'm following up like do you have time this week oh and i was gosh. like oh my god okay really need to you know just be responsible and pay attention yeah. and reconnect so i did and he said to me he was like 
the last time I saw you was like four years ago, Nassaf. And strangely, my experience was entirely different because I just felt like, you know, I said to him, Andrew, when I see your face, these memories just come back immediately. It felt like yesterday that we were on that rooftop. It felt like yesterday we were bar hopping. It felt like yesterday I was warning you about this guy that you like that I know, you know, like I I was like, I remember our dinner at Black Hog where you bought me a whole bottle of wine and we split that. I remember you playing at Mentone with Yaya and Rochelle. I'm like, these these like you know how we talk about like gaps in our memory mm-hmm. but they like come back to me full force yeah. time does not exist anymore when you're they with just people flood. that you love mm. Mm, that's so true right but i think you know for our listeners like i understand that there can be a lot of anxiety around reconnecting with people so i'm not trying to we're not trying to downplay that oh 100 percent. because it can be hard especially if you know you don't know you don't know exactly what terms you left on. Cause especially when time passes, you're like, did I offend them? Was there something I did? But you know, we're all grown ass people. And, um, I think that if it's, if it's a relationship that's worth it to you, just send that text, just, make that call just check leave their that temperature voicemail. yeah check their temperature you don't know Stick and one of the four up their butt <laughs> with consent with consent but you know it's like one of the four agreements never yeah. make assumptions right you don't know you don't know you don't just know take the temperature with a probe up the butt. just a little probe just a little bit you know make sure it's not cold like warm it up in some fluid or something i kind of like it cold oh ooh, okay steely. well maybe we'll make that another co- topic of conversation okay but guys before we dive in i have a little surprise for roxy so hold on okay okay open. Wait, I got it. I got it. what the oh okay. my god okay i'm gonna pull up my phone right now i just gotta oh my god thank you abe abe is also here my god this abe podcast is- would not be Possible, possible without abraham Kim. it's true like, seriously he's, he's engineering best. for us today which is probably why we sound better than ever. I'm fucking amazing <laughs> okay okay so roxy open door number one. Oh, oh opening okay. opening oh shit what what so is that we have here a bottle of dom perignon <gasps> dom perignon excuse me are we bougie ass bitches vintage <sighs> from t- vintage 2000 oh my god oh my so god this bitch is two decades old oh my god um, hopefully it's still good smile <laughs> i love okay great <laughs> okay so i got this bottle for us to celebrate <gasps> not only this so season finale of cry. season one we voted fucking trump out of office yes <laughs> we're about to hit four thousand downloads um you wow. are my partner in crime. I love and you. And I'm so excited. So, uh, uh, Goatees, if you want to, you know, cheers to us. I'm going to pop this little guy right now. I'm really scared of popping this. I, I, I never get up popping champagne. <laughs> you can do it. Push. 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 Get that sucker out. It's going to have to do it. Well, it, it is. It's been there for two decades. So the cork has been stuck. <gasps> oh! Thank you so much, Goatees. Thank you. Oh, oh my god 20 year old champagne wow this is seriously luxury oh right gosh. now this what is are so- we like first class on a flight <laughs> like cross atlantic like, would you like to have a drink before uh-huh. we take off excuse yes. me yes i would like to have 12 drinks it's like 12 <laughs> and give me whatever's in your pill bottle <laughs> just kidding i've never taken like a zantic before or wait what do you take you just anxiety? take dramamine oh dra- i take for, dramamine for um for, for flights everything for everything um cheers to you cheers i love you so much oh my god 
Okay. I've so never had a Dom Perignon before. <laughs> Dom Perignon. <laughs> Thanks, Dom Perignon. So if, if you haven't mm. noticed already, it's going to be a very celebratory show. Yeah. In which Roxy and I are going to be a little bit champagne buzzed. <laughs> um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. But so we are talking to d- today to dive right into topic one about our glow up. And I think the first layer of that is learning to love yourself. This has been a fucking journey for the both of us. Mm-hmm. I think if you're just getting to know us, like we are so happy to do that with you. And it, it's easy to overlook the fact that we have had extensive journeys to get to a point where we actually can look in the mirror and love each other love ourselves you know what i mean i think loving yourself is the hardest journey anybody would ever have to take because everybody has to do it yeah you know and if you ignore it if you deflect it like things are not going to get better your life will not get better you will not attract good things into your life and recognizing that everything that you want starts with yourself you know what i mean like all that self-worth self-improvement nothing's gonna come to you you have to come to you yeah you know you have to come to yourself yeah come Come for yourself come for yourself but rocks bring me back to like 12 year old roxy what did 12 year old 13 year old roxy think about herself i don't know if there was and maybe, maybe, you know, I think other families were different, especially westernized families were mm. different where they really encouraged their daughters to feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like I was really imperfect. Mm. And, um, you know, I think Asian moms have a way of insulting, <sighs> you know, their yeah. kids, no matter, I mean, not their sons, but their daughters. There's always a way to tingbu. There's mm-hmm. always a way to improve. Mm-hmm. If it's one thing, then fix something else. If this is that, fix something else. You're, you're never not, done. You're never finished, um, which I agree to a certain extent, but not mm-hmm. in the way that we were brought up on you know brought up as and so it was like my weight was always a problem since when 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 was the first time you were conscious of that it's because i was never skinny so Mm -hmm. i think it was just the fact that you know even media tabloids you know movies and everything just you know britney spears with her like her toned belly and her belly piercing like Mm -hmm. i could have never worn that you know what i mean and so it was this expectation of like being skinny is beautiful and i've never been skinny Mm -hmm. ever so it was always just like don't eat as much you know what i mean and what kind of fat is tolerable to my mother you know like like mm-hmm. is what she would say right wow. and it's, it's it's it was hard but you know i understood it was out of love for her because then she's like oh it's like with health and everything i'm like sure but everyone's body is different i mm-hmm. think a huge turning point was when i went to taiwan for mm-hmm. a checkup one time and the doctor you know my my mom bless her heart she was just like what's wrong with her like mm-hmm. tell me about all her ailments everything that could come with being fat mm-hmm. and the doctor was like she has no high cholesterol you know, her blood yeah. pressure is fine. And it's like, she's fat, but like everything else looks pretty decent. And wow. I'm like, oh, you know, and, yeah. and, and I have to talk about fat acceptance and fat positivity because yeah. I want to, when I say that I'm fat to people, like people are like, oh no, you're not. I'm like, actually, no, I don't right. want you to say that. Mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And I want you to accept it as beautiful and right. that it is a but part you're of who I am. It. Yes, yeah, exactly. Reclaiming that I got to reclaim it. We have to reclaim yeah. all of these aspects of ourselves that people demonize before. Right. And so then I started thinking, you know, I think this goes back a lot to, I don't know if you feel this way as well, mm-hmm. but like in the past, why couldn't you be something no matter how much you try to do it it always reverts back because you're meant to look like this right you're meant your to body go through... wants to be where it wants to be exactly you're supposed to be on this journey now you're supposed to go through all the struggles that you went through now because you're supposed to be able to share your struggles with mm. other people yeah to make them not feel as isolated yeah you know that's true and uh, what about you like what were some of your self-image issues when you were younger i think 
that I, I think like weirdly, I always talk about this with my sister that I have a lot of self-worth, but I don't have a lot of um, self-confidence. So for whatever reason, I always like thought like, like I always felt like there was something in me that was worth getting to know. And I like personally didn't mind how I looked. I understood that the frizzy hair and the pimples were not like ideal, but I was like underneath it all. Like, you know, <laughs> she's they're all so that. beautiful. Yeah. Like kind of, you know, yeah. but then I, I know like my mom, I think my mom was really obsessed with my height. Like she was really obsessed with why I was so short. Um, And so like there was a time where I went to a growth doctor. Um, There was pills that I was taking that like left my immune system really out of whack for like years. We had, I think I've talked about like a, we had like a chiropractic type of device in our house where I would like put my legs on one end and strap my chin into the other. And in the center, there was a crank and it would pull. That is so primitive. Can we be real? Yeah. it was like medieval yeah <laughs> but i would i'd have to sit there you know for hours a day so and then i think my mom just i you know one time she was like oh what's your favorite feature and i was like oh i like looked at the mirror for a while and i was like quiet and i was like i think my eyes and she was like no really <laughs> yeah she was like no not your eyes like and i was like you well, what did she think? what did she think was your most beautiful feature i think she would say stuff like never put on too much makeup like she was just like stay natural oh, yeah oh. so i don't know that she actually like liked anything but there were a lot of things that she was concerned about and then i think outside of that just the way girls around me treated me i knew i wasn't pretty and i was always like so obsessed with trying to get to a point where girls weren't like calling me ugly or considering me like less than you know can i ask you at what Mm -hmm. point because so many of this i realize that beauty they say beauty comes from the inside out but it's so true yeah it's like at what point did you start like like i know that i started changing once i started exuding my confidence from within myself and like finding love for myself which is what this whole topic is all about anyways but what was the very first um very first moment where you're just like, this is something that I have that's special that no one else has. I think that when I started singing and Mm. writing music, that was one layer of like, I have something to bring to the conversation. You can't just write me off because I think prior to that, I, it was, it just felt so easy for people to just ignore me basically you know I felt like I had nothing but then I got like I would get depressed because I was like if I entered a new group and before they knew I could sing and I'm not even like the craziest singer I'm just like this is what I love to do but once they would hear me sing everyone would treat me differently in a positive way but that kind of messed with my head a little bit because I was like but what about just me like what about me without anything you know unapologetic purely authentic yeah like just you who you are just throw yourself out to the wind yeah who the fuck cares yeah but it just felt like no one could like me just for me you know and that was really frustrating but I think honestly I'm not just trying to say this to like kiss up to you but I mean you know (laughs) but like when I met you like when I met you and like a couple other friends in college who were so unashamedly open to being themselves and you know I remember you would walk into a room and everyone would turn not because you were trying to get attention but because you were so grounded in in bringing you to the table I also have a very loud voice and I cackle I mean, immediately <laughs> that's why people turn but their like, heads if, I think 
like I've said on the podcast before, if you didn't know something, you'd be like, yeah, I don't know yep. it. You're not ashamed of it. You're not embarrassed. You're, you, you know, and if you know something, you're like happy to share that information, but not feel the need to shame anybody or make anyone feel worse. So honestly, I think after we met each other um, and then after I kind of started letting go of the church, which it, it, church wasn't the problem, but I think I had this like, like kind of notion in my mind um, that any thing you did to like take care of yourself was somehow vain and and somehow sinful right and I think that's the brand of Christianity that my mom kind of touted you know so I'm not saying that all Christians are like that it's just for me in my journey my mom was like very very um intent on me not being vain and I think in that kind of drove a certain mindset for me but I think once I moved away from that a little bit and having met you and seeing what it looks like to be fully confident and fully in your own I started taking care of myself in a way where I was like I just want to put my best foot forward I don't want to do this for other people I want to be able to take care of myself in a way whether that's putting on makeup or not putting on makeup or wearing fashionable clothes or not wearing fashionable clothes I wanted to do everything I needed to do for me to keep my chin up and so when I saw people I could just continue to bring myself you know and like I realized it's partially a habit so what's your journey? Because you've helped me so much Shut on my journey. Up. Oh I'm my not, god, I'm really, I'm, I'm really not trying to kiss your ass. I'm, I'm being like, <laughs> oh. and I, Sheldon and I have talked about it. You know, oh, yeah. our friend Sheldon, who's a DP in New York, um, we all went to film school together, and like we talked about how confident you are. And I know it, it's not an easy journey. I know it hasn't been, and I know you've been through a lot of pain to get there. So what did what did that look like? What was your moment where you were like, bitch? Uh, you need to sit down because I'm, I'm amazing. Just, I think I'm just fucking sick of it. And also, yeah. it's like um, you will never be finished trying to please trying to please other people is what I'm saying, wow. right? And and yeah. and so I think at one point college was a real turning point because I realized the more I was myself, the more people actually embraced me. Yeah. Because whenever I was trying to flaunt something or pretend to be something I'm not, it just it created space between ev- me and everybody else around mm. me because there weren't genuine connections. Yeah. Right. And also, I just wanted to talk about like this whole self love journey. The moment you start doing it, even if it's a tiny fucking little step, mm-hmm. you will notice an intense improvement in the way that you see yourself and like the way you take care of yourself. Like, to be honest, even mm-hmm. in our 20s, we never thought about meditation, breathing exercises, no. none of that shit. Mm-hmm. But how much a breath fucking helps you calm yeah. your nerves or like how stress affects your physical sense. Like I remember like your mom trying to make you grow taller through those contraptions. Yeah. My mom trying to make me do cocktail medications to mm-hmm. like make me not have an appetite. These Ugh. are all surface oh level things. Yeah. They do not come from within. Mm-mm. Like our desire to be like, I want to do this for myself. I want, I'm visualizing this other version mm-hmm. where she looks like this and she's like hot and sexy and like yeah. she is all those things, but mm-hmm. like she also wants to feel a little heavy carrying all this extra weight around. Mm-hmm. So a little bit um, background on this situation is that every diet method I've tried in my life has failed. Mm. Um, They might work in the temporary, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't work in the long run because the whole time I felt like I was doing it for someone else and not myself, for someone else's um, goals rather than something that's purely my own. So in a way, I felt like my spirit resisted it because Mm. it wasn't an authentic claim to something that I personally wanted. And then so this year when the quarantine happened, a lot of things have happened this quarantine season, season, (laughs) but um, yeah, I say that because Europe's in lockdown again, but you know (laughs) 
who the fuck knows? <laughs> but I was finally able to successfully lose 30 pounds this year. Wow. On my own terms. Wow. I had this time. I did intermittent fasting. I That worked for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I could still eat what I want. Mm-hmm. I did yoga and hiking whenever I wanted to. Yeah. I had time to breathe and sleep. And it was so great because I feel like so much of your physical ailments does come from psychosomatic Mm -hmm. symptoms, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do you also feel the same way as well? I do. And I also feel like it's interesting because like, I think for women, the amount of things we need to concern ourselves with, Uh and I'm talking like pre pandemic, like there's so many things that we need to get right. And we kind of judge each other. We hold ourselves to a really high bar, you know? And I think it's interesting that it took, literally the world hitting pause for you to just one not be running around doing a million things and trying to care for your health and wellness you know it it, like health and wellness wasn't the 10th thing on the list anymore right you know it became the priority it became the priority exactly no more distractions this year has been a reckoning for everybody to reflect upon what it is that they want and where they want to go and you know we've touched a lot of topics this year visualization uh, vision boarding all of that so what has this taught you and where are you now Priscilla in terms of your growth journey I think for me I, I, I honestly think like I just don't really give any fucks anymore. Like, (laughs) I I know, like, I'm not trying to say I'm apathetic. I just don't really have the patience for people like, you know, that drain my energy, people that don't treat me right. You know, I just don't have time for it. People that bullshit me. Like, if like, I think we've talked about how like our bullshit meters are a lot more sensitive and Mm. and and we listen to them more nowadays, you know? Yes. I think in in my twenties, like when I was younger, I was so worried about pleasing everybody. So worried about what people thought about me. So worried about saying and doing the right things for other people. And now I'm like, dude, if you want to be my ride or die, let's go. Like, I'm so open to it. But like, if you're going to dismiss me or put me down, like, all right, then we're not right for each other. That's fine. You know, we just don't need to share the same space. That's okay with me. You know, we can be cool. We can wave. I'm happy to wait. Everyone's a good neighbor. You know, I'm down for that. But if you're not, I don't know. It's like Mario Kondo. No, really. (laughs) It's like, um, does this spark Spark joy? joy. No, but amen to that. Seriously, Mm -hmm. because I think what what you're saying to me right now is so much healthy boundary setting. And I think from what you and I have sort of talked about in terms of the first step to self-love is giving yourself permission. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. How hard is that? It's so hard. So, okay. I know that like. I know that you you kind of found your place, but you were not just spoken like it, not just talked to in a certain way by your mother, but you were bullied. Oh yeah, in high school. Uh huh. So how did you? What was your internal dialogue like? Because for me, for a long time when I was being bullied, I was like, oh my god, they're so right. Like they're totally right. I internalized a lot of it. What was your internal dialogue like? How did it transform over the years? You know, actually, as you're asking this question, in my mm-hmm. head, I was drawing a complete blank because I think my trauma response here's something interesting Mm -hmm. so I was in Utah for two months Mm -hmm. and then I don't know if I told you this I probably told you this um but like it was a very stressful shoot yeah it was very high anxiety stressful I was I felt like I was going to be there forever that I was never going to come back and then I came back I came into my apartment Mm -hmm. and the strangest feeling overtook me wow I was like I never left whoa I never I 
that never happened. None of it happened. It felt like a distant memory. I texted Alan, my DP, and I'm like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Do you feel this way too? He goes, strange. I also feel this Whoa. way. He was like, it's as if if he weren't there, it never happened. Whoa. And so like all the people that I met there, all the people that I crewed with, all the memories were fading really fast. It was fast. like parenthetical. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know, if I go to Taiwan for a month, I'm yeah. going to come back and be like, oh, it's gone for so long. But this felt like I never left. Like it was just yesterday I was still in LA. Wow. And then thinking about it further, I was like, is this a trauma response? So when you ask me about high school and all those bullies, I don't remember them. Yeah. Yeah. It's an erasure. It's Mm a, oh, this place brings me comfort. Mm. So immediately I reacclimate to it. Mm. Um, And I think because I I moved around so much, there's, there's an immediate like healing process that I do where I'm just like, it doesn't matter. I don't care about these people. I'm just going to move, move away again. Whoa. You know? Oh wait. So it's high school. So what? A couple more years. I'm out of here. Does that ever catch up to you? Do you ever have like a wine session where all of a sudden all those feelings kind of cascade or do you just let go of it? I think I just let go of it. Wow. And I, I don't ever revisit. I, you know, I think I have a really subconscious mm-hmm. process with yeah. this sort of thing, like in order to protect yourself, mm-hmm. because I think that I don't want to feel emotional because I know that once I do, it's over. Like it will overwhelm me. Yeah. And then like, I don't know where I would be mentally or emotionally after that. I think this might be a survival instinct. Yeah. Um, but you, you're very in touch with your emotions. Like I remember like hearing you sing for the first time mm. and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and her frazzled hair and her glasses. Oh, God. <laughs> I love you. And then, like hearing your lyrics, hearing how in tuned you were with like your feelings and who you're, I had no idea what, what that was like when, wow. when we were in school. Hmm. Yeah. I think for me, I feel things maybe too much in the moment or mm-hmm. it's better now but I think I don't know I remember I like when I think back to being in high school and being in college and this is gonna sound wrong but I just felt like one big gaping emotional hole sorry I know that sounds gross <laughs> what are you I knew it was to, gonna be gross asshole. but I, I didn't mean it that way but I just felt this ever-present pain ever-present emptiness of of not being able to be accepted, not being able to be loved, not being worthy of love, um, being annoying, being unintelligent. I just felt this constant, it was like an open seeping wound, (laughs) which also sounds gross, but you know, that's how I went through life and I can't say exactly what transformed it. All I'm grateful for is that I didn't get into like a super codependent relationship while I was still like that, because I think I never would have found my own happiness and comfort in who I am. You would have been taken advantage of for sure. Yeah. And I think even in my early relationships, I, I kind of was, you know, the reason why I got into a relationship in which this person treated me negatively, I, I can't blame them per se. I would just say like, it matched the view I had of myself. Mm. They were like, oh, you're really not that pretty. And I'm like, oh my God, you get me. <laughs> like, and they're like, oh, you're like a terrible writer and you don't oh know how God. to dress. And I'm like, oh my God, you see me for who I am. But like, you know, this sort of correlates with your bullying history. Yeah. It, it totally falls in line. Cause like, even at the time when I was quote unquote blossoming, I was a late bloomer, but when I was blossoming, there were other guys around that were like, you're smart, you're beautiful, all these things. But I was like, mm, they don't get me. You they don't believe, you don't believe I don't it believe either. It. You're just like, you're just saying that to try yeah. to like get something, but you don't exactly. know who I am. You don't know this who I am. This other person knows me. Exactly. Oh, exactly. My God. It's so twisted, Crazy. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know. I think one of the 
low points for me was probably even in high school. Um, I would spiral like crazy really, really often because I was just trying to build out from being bullied. And I think when you're bullied for a really long time, you're very hesitant to join in a conversation. And the more hesitant you are, the more irritated people would I would perceive people to be of me. And whether that was true or in my head, I I don't really know. But all I remember feeling was like feeling like I was at the bottom of a metal bowl and, and, and the sides were greased with butter and I was trying to run up the sides and over it and I was just sliding back down to the bottom and I was so frustrated with myself and I hated myself all the time and um, it, it it was just like I felt like I couldn't make a decent connection with another human being. That must have been very isolating, despite the fact that you're constantly surrounded by people. Yeah. Your, yeah. your, your church, your family, your friends at school. Isn't that so ironic? It's so ironic. And like, and I think, you know, I think because we have parents that didn't want us to be haughty, like too prideful. And I, I see that now and I understand what they were doing. But I think when you're surrounded by like American kids whose parents are like, constantly lifting them up yeah exactly like even my cousin my cousin sean i love him but his mom was like so encouraging to him and you know it was just so different from my life at home you know what i mean and um so i think i think the understanding of the absence of that you know because we're such social creatures made it feel like i didn't have it but it's not true it was just different it just looked different i could see that as an adult but as a kid it just felt differently you know so for you like what was your what was your turning point i know you're saying like you kind of decisively forget the trauma but when did you kind of take it and turn it into what you are now which is like i love who i am i am who i am love it or or leave it you know what i mean like yeah when when was that turning point it's so interesting because like just hearing going off of what you were just saying about like feeling isolated feeling that no one could really know you and the loneliness aspect of that is Mm -hmm. that um ruth bader ginsburg her mother has always said be a lady and by that means is be independent Mm. right and then my mom has always said to me because you know i spent so much of my growing up time alone, she's like, you need to learn how to be by yourself. Mm. And I think that really planted a seed in me to not try to rely on other people. Yeah. And, um, and even to this day, sometimes I'm just like, am I too independent? Like, am I Mm. able to lean on people to really just, just try and let go and just allow myself to be soft once in a while. And I think like what really changed for me was no one understood me in high school. No one, I was just like, I'm out of here. You know Mm -hmm, what I mean? mm -hmm. And then I just ended up going to UCI, which was just literally like 30 minutes away. (laughs) I wanted to be super far, but I ended up going to the college. That was (laughs) the closest. Um, But it was another chance for me to reinvent myself. Interesting. So I think I had this theme where I was always trying to be like who do I want to be mm. like even when I was really young I always wanted to revisualize myself yeah. Yeah. it was Roxana in the Netherlands right. and then I want to be renamed as Roxy yeah because that was more me and then I came over here and I'm like who is she you yeah. know what I mean yes. and then I started to apply that to myself it feels like you're playing pretend but it's really not because you end up becoming this person that you want to be so then I think my mentors and like people who I started you know professors I really like talking 
talking to um, people that I met at school at, in college who have different perspectives on like love and friendship. Mm-hmm. And like they, they created a real genuine, authentic bond with me that I never experienced before that. Yeah. And then they gave me permission to be honest about how I'm feeling, creating mm-hmm. space for that. Like Spop was like oh, crazy, yeah, you know, because they were creating a space that allowed you to be more emotionally open mm-hmm. about your fears and insecurities than yeah. we had none of that before then. No, you know, I remember the first day like moving into the dorms and yeah. I was so nervous. Like I, I was like crying. I was nervous. I was scared, you know, all this. And then I remember like the first day everyone was around and I was at the piano playing like show tunes and everyone came out of the rooms like, you know, in and out singing different songs, requesting different songs. People thought I was a music major. I was I was terrible but like you know <laughs> it was so, I met Sheldon that day it was oh, like oh so God. fun and I remember like I remember like people a group of like girls who I would have categorized as like mean girls in my mind they came up and they I was so afraid I was like oh my god they're gonna reject this they're gonna think we're weird they're gonna whatever they sat down and started singing show tunes and I remember the relief that washed over me which is very similar to the relief that we feel today was just like oh my god like people are so accepting it was such a departure from what I experienced in high school and had been like under the rule of for my entire adolescence that I couldn't believe this new like special semi-utopia that was college for me. And that helped me build back a lot of what I think was stripped away from me as a youth. You really aren't unable to see it unless you're in an environment which allows you to grow and nurture yourself. Totally. So we were very lucky. We just have to say we're very lucky to have gone through those experiences. But for all of you who are listening, who feel like you haven't gone through that yet yeah. it'll come yeah you know like you're bound to meet certain people who will change that perspective even if it's just one conversation at a coffee shop or anything like that anything insightful just give yourself permission to change if you want that change to happen look to people yeah that you look up to going by which were there any mentors or mm-hmm. people that you looked up to that encouraged your growth away from yeah. The preconceived notion of yourself. Okay, this is going to sound stupid, but I'm totally serious about this. J-Lo was like my role <laughs> model. <laughs> Sorry. I know it was like, should be something way deeper, but no joke. Like J-Lo, I remember she had like an interview where she was like, I went from like a fly girl that was in the back and I was like, I'm not going to accept this life. I'm going to will myself to be hot. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. Hey, I'm, I'm still, still, I'm still Jenny, Jenny from the block. <laughs> Amazing. I, I did not I know that JLo was your, I know. was your glowing up mentor. I mean, look at her. She's what closing in on 50. If she's, she's not already 50 in hustlers. My God. Did you see that? She looks incredible in a fucking G string. Oh my God. Do you know how hard it is to look that amazing in a G string, not body shaming at all, but just body appreciating. Like at her age, I know she worked so hard for it, but it was more just the confidence that she had. It wasn't like, oh, just get hot. But she was like, no, nothing's going to stop me. It doesn't really matter what people think of me. I'm going to become who I am, you know? And for me, I was like, oh, yes, bitch. Like, yeah. Like, who the fuck cares? Like, why am I caring about what people are placing on me? Like, I want to just barrel through that and just be exactly who I am. Because you know what the fact is? nobody else can be you and i know that sounds like fortune cookie shit but if you actually think about it like biologically like no one can be you you know no you one has your genetic makeup your own yes. honey even identical twins yes. have genetic anomalies that make themselves different from one another you know what i mean and so like why try to be anybody else why try to build 
other people's buildings when you can just focus on building your own. Make your own fucking empire, Make your honey. Own fucking empire. Like, yeah. Honestly, like, you know, we're not even talking about yeah, like JLo was a really good role model yeah. for you. For yeah. me, it was like I have like female producers and directors that I was like went against the grain and like are doing things that I wanted to do. And they were so nice and accommodating and would like have coffee with me or even just a phone call or a text message. You have no idea how far that goes for yeah. somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know people hit me up and I'm like, I wish I could take, you know, mentees right now, but I really can't with how much I'm doing. But, you know, it's like one, even one phrase that they keep with them for the rest of their lives that could just spark something for a permanent change or a growing change. You that, know what I mean? So true. And I, 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 I regret not being courageous enough to find good mentors you know like I think I was too shy too afraid and I did I think have certain people that took an interest in me like professors or or whatever um, but I didn't know how to follow that up because I had too much anxiety too much fear but I think now I love taking younger singer songwriters under my wing you know not that I can give them anything in terms of clout but I can just I think just having that support system is so huge. You know what I mean? Totally. And it's like, if you really think about it, our growth journeys are all the same in terms of us overcoming obstacles that we didn't think we could get through before. Yeah. Yeah. And it just takes one person being able to pave that path, show the way yeah. or show that they're doing something. It's like what you were saying in a previous episode. It's like it's so inspiring that someone is actually pursuing something that's risky. Amen to that, sister. Mm. You know, so whatever it is that you're doing for yourself, it could be something small. It doesn't have to be monumental. It has to start with you. Yeah. On that note. Let's take a little break, Rob. I love you Are so we gonna much. We're going to get drunk. Okay, let's do it. Okay, we're going to uh, go grab this champagne. Enjoy okay. this ad by us. <laughs> we'll be right For back. Us, by, by us, us. with <laughs> us. Uh, please donate to Two Horny Guts. Thank you. We'll be right back. Hi, Goatees. We love hanging out with you every week. If you're liking what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us a lot, and we will be eternally grateful. Okay, bye! Welcome back, Goatees, and guess what? Trump is still getting voted out of office! (laughs) It's real. I feel like the past five days, and I know this is coming out a little bit later, but the past five days, I have been sleeping and then waking up every two hours. Like, even during the day, I'm like, I sleep two hours, I'm awake two hours. I sleep a couple hours, I wake two hours, you know? Because it was so stressful. And even when they announced it this morning, my husband, Abe, and I, we were like, it can't be real. Something's going to drop, you know? But it's still real. Like, you guys, we came back from a break. And it's still real. Um, (laughs) So I think topic two, we want to talk about our own personal development and where we are today, what we're fucking proud of, Mm. what we're excited for. It is a day for celebration, an era for celebration. celebration. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what all of your political leanings are. And, you know, this is really not about that. But I do think that the past four years has been a struggle to to feel positive in any way because there's been so much doubt and fear sown and i think that all of us who have survived it you know we've gone through a certain amount of trauma and we've almost made it a more pointed decision to increase our personal development i would say that across the board as human beings you know yeah i felt like a lot of things that happened this year was like you're already down and Mm -hmm. someone's still kicking you yeah 
And you're just like, when are they going to fucking stop kicking me because I'm almost dead? Yes. You know what I mean? And then suddenly this phoenix rises from the ashes yeah. and then they inject, not hydrochloroquine, but like inject <laughs> hope, yeah. prosperity, yeah. integrity, and justice back into our veins again where totally. we're resurrected. So yeah. this day, this whole freaking, I don't know, this day is so significant and we just feel like a resurgence of that. Yeah. So we want to celebrate that. But yeah. of course, talking about our glow up. Yeah. Let's talk. Okay. So let's get into it. As we've stated before, Roxy and I were both in our 30s. Uh, Roxy's 32. I'm 31. <laughs> so exciting. Um, and uh, how did you, when you were like in your teens, how did you picture what your 30s were, was going to look like? What did you think? What did you forecast? Oh, my gosh. You know, we played this game before, but yeah. then that was like 24. Yeah. And then like. I, I honestly, when I was 12, I didn't even think that far ahead to 30. I'm like, I'm probably going to be dead by mm-hmm, 30 mm-hmm. because when you're 30, your life is going to be boring. Yeah. You know, you're and you old, you're, you, you old, you're just going to be a mom yeah. and, and nothing against moms. Moms are fucking amazing. Yeah. But like, you know, because you're living in an environment where like moms can just be a certain thing and it's what your mom, you know, sort of showcased or like the possibilities or the impossibilities mm-hmm. were portrayed by that. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought I'm going to have kids. I'm going to be married. I'm going to be living in some sort of suburbia place somewhere and i wish i could tell my old self girl Mm -hmm. get ready Mm -hmm. it's it's much different than that and it's much more exciting it's gonna pop off it's gonna pop off and i relish it like i remember like in my 20s i would talk to women in their 30s and they're like honey your 30s or even in their 40s they're like your 30s are infinitely better than your 20s oh hell yeah and it all comes from the glow up yeah i mean how did you find that to be true because i remember being in my 20s and people telling me that and i was so frustrated because i'm like like, what what do you mean yeah they're like you're not gonna care what people think i'm like but i care so much about what people think everything i do is based on what people think. Yeah, how, and how I'm just I like, gonna... wait, how am I going to get there or how am yeah. I supposed to validate myself or yeah. be anywhere if I don't care about what people think? Exactly. People need to like me. Exactly. People need to blah, blah, But what I didn't realize <laughs> is that you had to not care yeah. for people like you. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think even in starting this podcast, I think I was so afraid to lay out bare what I thought and who I am. But I realized through this process the, that the more we do that, the more when it opens people up and the more people want to hear what we have to say. Yeah. And I did, I never would have predicted that. I was so afraid to share my thoughts, share my stances on things. You know, I was so afraid that the gaps in my inte- intelligence would have people running far away from me. That's like one of my biggest insecurities. And it's like, how can we have a podcast? Like, what do we what know? We have you know? To offer. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I think I talked it over with my life coach and I was just like saying to her, I was like, there needs to be thousands of conversations between friends and acquaintances um, in order to move the progress of Asian Americans forward. There need to probably be like a million dialogues and conversations that need to happen. And she was like, well, why not just look at yours as just being one of those? She's like, why are you putting so much pressure on on yourself? The podcast hadn't even been published yet at that point, right? It was like we had recorded episode one and I had all these thoughts and feelings because, again, I feel everything too much in the moment. And Roxy knows this from the text chains that I blow up her phone with. (laughs) But, like, I think it was a relief for me because I think maybe being the oldest kid, maybe, like, having tiger moms, like, maybe having all this, like, pressure that we put on ourselves, um, it also deterred me from going for things that I didn't feel adequate for, you know, the fear so is many really times. blocking you. Yeah. yeah. And so I 
often say like you know our friend Minji has a podcast where she hosts it herself and like runs it herself and sometimes the episodes are just her speaking at length about topics that interest her and I'm like for like an hour or two you know and I'm like I could not do this without you like mm-hmm. I think the I don't think that I would have had the confidence or the 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 follow-through or the wherewithal to carry this on my own right and so I'm so grateful that you know we have this balance together um but yeah so like i think that when i was like 15 i thought i was gonna be married to a missionary (laughs) i was probably gonna have like seven kids um i thought like uh, we would just set up a house behind my parents house you know (laughs) like i was so attached and and happy with a small life um and I didn't really have any other dreams for myself. I, I I thought I would probably be still in the church choir, folding the program sheets every every Sunday morning, you know, going to prayer meetings with my parents. Like I was so contented with a small life and I'm so glad that I don't know that circumstances didn't leave, lead me there because I would have chosen it if it was available to me. If I had like met some guy at church and we dated in high school and then oops had sex on prom night and then oops I'm pregnant. I, I'm kind of kidding. But like if I had met someone really young and we'd fallen in love I would have gotten married at 21. I would have moved to whatever country he wanted to be a missionary in and I would have like had as many kids as his sperm would allow you know. So I I I'm not saying that's a bad life. I'm just saying I'm really glad that that didn't come to me because now life has broken open with so many options and so much, um, so much just autonomy, you know? What's crazy is that like something that really stumped our growth initially in our childhood was that our family with the best intentions mm-hmm. laid out our futures for us. Interesting. Yep. This is what's going to happen. Then you're going to do this. Then you're going to go to college. Yeah. Then you're going to do this. You know what I mean? And then you're going to marry and then this is going to happen. And you're like, okay, I think that's a great to make you happy because I love you and to give honor to us all. Like yeah. I will do that. Yeah. And then you start, you start. I, I remember when I started wanting to make my own decisions about things, my mom would say, your life is so good uh, like in my oh, generation yeah. like I couldn't do that mm-hmm. and the women couldn't do that for her I think she was just stating a fact mm-hmm. like she's just saying oh well you guys get to make this kind of choice now but for me how mm-hmm. I received it was she's I'm, I feel guilty, mm. you know, because like, oh, if she didn't get to choose, then maybe I shouldn't get to choose in solidarity, yeah. Yeah. you know, but that's really not fair. No. That's not fair to you. That's not fair to her. If you were to abide by whatever's mm. written for you, yeah. because that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to explore, try things and things aren't, are not supposed to work out. That's no. the whole point of life. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. And yeah. I think just to clarify, cause again, I think I'm again, not saying being a missionary, having a bunch of kids is bad. I think that's great. I think like you're saying, is, if you choose it, if you love it, all, all the best. Exactly. I think it's like what was kind of mapped out by yeah. my parents. You know what I mean? Like this is the life that Mm, I, I don't even know if they ever explicitly said it. It was just like they would praise the people that had a life like that. And I think that was the only option ever presented to me. And I think that's why I'm so grateful that other options came my way and that it, the option that they wanted for me wasn't available because it gave me the power of the freedom of choice. Um, 
and self-discovery, the, the freedom to, to, to discover things about myself, to push myself to the limits, to not be afraid, you know, because I think what our parents do to keep us safe is put a circle of fear around us. And, and all of a sudden you're staying within this circle of fear. And I don't even know why sometimes, you know, I think that's like a scene from like a little princess or something like there's a circle drawn on the ground. And all you know is that there's something fearful on the other side of that. You're the princess in the castle. Yeah. But the thing is, once you step over that barrier and you just kind of realize how much is out there for you. And even though it was out of love, um, to keep you within that confine, um, it's not the life that you would have chosen for yourself. Yeah. And I have to say that like, you could, you know, you're absolutely right, Prisca. At the end of the day, we have willpower. Mm -hmm. If a choice is presented, which one are you going to take? Grounded and stable is also a good choice. That is completely up to you. If you want to, it's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to go and try something, fall on your knees, scrape your knees, get bruised, get dirty, get hurt yeah. you know but at the end of it there's always a reward which is growth yeah right yeah. and even if you get what you wanted you have a stable family you have you have a husband you have children whatever that still doesn't you're still not restricted to not growing yeah. you can still grow outside of that yeah you know it does sometimes i feel like it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive no like like it's really about your mindset and what you want from yourself yeah and you you know what it is mm. it's the spirit of adventure Yes, it's that adventure, adventure is out there. Because <laughs> I think your parents don't want you to be too adventurous because you're going to exactly do all those things. Bruise, scrape, all all of the uh, injuries that you might inflict on yourself. But that negates your freedom to adventure out there and explore and make mistakes and come back stronger and and twist an ankle but like you know recover and like and then relate to people who have like similar injuries to you and not just physical injuries but like financial injuries emotional injuries mental injuries it once you kind of go through some of those then you can truly learn to be a better friend learn to be a better co-human um um, and and learn how to be a better neighbor. Yeah, and like looping back to like the separation with you mm. and Alyssa and my separation with Andrew yeah. for four to five years coming back you experience their glow up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Totally. Oh, totally. God. I just love how we just bookended that. Like, how amazing I know. That? Like, so good. We're like, like experienced podcasters. Even with, like, my husband and I, sometimes we talk about, like, oh, if I'd met you at another time, it might not have worked out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or maybe it would have. But, like, there were times where he was uh, uh, really fundamental with, like, with church, you know, um, like, theologically really fundamentalist. And there were times where I was, like, maybe like too afraid or too close-minded to ever accept you know who he is a person who's a very free spirit you know and so you're totally right i think we all meet where we need to meet yes and we all meet in the middle somehow which yes. is a direct quote from my husband so i have to attribute him um, <laughs> Go Abe. i know Go Abe. <laughs> it's your birthday um <laughs> that's so true because the best part of growing up and getting older is like seeing your friends continue to grow and improve and like their lives continue to change. It's, it's pretty badass. I think that's why every time I see you do something or like go after something and I'm going to cry. <laughs> I remember like I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. Lash. <laughs> yeah. My tears were endlessly like my makeup was all over my face. I was oh hysterical because I saw your growth. Yeah. So much. <laughs> 
You're going to make me cry. Oh okay, my God. let's not cry. Okay. okay. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Cry. We just give it's each other permission to cry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> two, two, two horny ghosts. Thanks for drinking with us, guys. I. Um, this is the finale. Yeah. So we are waxing poetic. Uh-huh. That's fact. Yeah. But Roxy, if nine-year-old Roxy came into the room right now, what are what are three things you would tell her? Uh, <clears throat> Oh, it's rough because the things I would tell her, she wouldn't understand. Oof, right? Oof. Yep. Yeah. She yeah. would have to go through the same journeys that I did. It doesn't matter what I say to her. Yeah. Right. I think that my biggest thing would just be keep good people around you. But who, but she doesn't know who good people are at Yet. that age. You know mm. what I mean? Like she has to come to understand what it means for her to be a good person mm-hmm. right and to attract that mm-hmm. um what about you what would nine-year-old prisca i think first i would i would give her a hug uh-huh. just give her a big hug um and i think i would tell her if it was just one thing you know that thing you feel inside of you that you're worthy don't let go of that don't let anyone let you believe that that's not true yeah exactly i think every little girl needs to hear that too i think so because so many feel worthless or unseen or unloved yeah and and it doesn't matter if you're if if you're not surrounded by people even when you're surrounded by people you would still feel unseen and unloved so you know the thing about society is that it is um a lot of things are projections and image-based and you know things the truth is always behind closed doors. So if there's anything we can encourage everybody to do, especially at the dawn of this new era is to practice more compassion and empathy. So true. Right. Yeah. More. Yeah. I mean, we can get into like what that means from a political standpoint at another, another time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little heavy right now. Um, but I think it's like encouraging that resilience not to let your shine get stamped out because it's so easy and I'm on the other side of it and even looking back I'm like yo that was so tenuous like I could have had my my shine and my what makes me unique stamped out so easily there were so many points that I could have just given up um and I'm so proud of like where I'm at like genuinely and that's like hard to say because that's not something I'm accustomed to saying to myself, but I'm really proud of the fact that I've kept who I am. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, Do you feel that way? I feel that way too. I yeah. feel so happy and so complete. I mean, yeah. I also feel a lot more sensitive now yeah. that like once I'm more honest with myself. Mm. So um, I think, I think, you know, if we were to continue to talk to our past selves it's like oh i wish you just be kind Mm -hmm. you know love is illogical it really is if someone slaps you in the face you're gonna want to slap them back yeah that's just animal human nature but to (laughs) love you know what i mean it's just like fucking whatever you hurt me i hurt you eye for an eye sure but that's not necessarily the case and and so i would just say do the illogical thing sometimes you're just Mm -hmm. like the fear the fear like stops you from trying something new do the illogical thing and say fuck fear right and then there was someone something that someone else taught me where they were like if you ever feel 
anxious about something, yeah. replace it with excitement. Right, right, right. No, totally. <laughs> and I have a, another direct quote. It's just coming in here from our control room uh, from my husband. <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching so much CNN. A key race alert. Um, but he always says the way people treat you is more about what they're going through and less about you. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think that's easy to learn. It's easy to know. It's not easy to learn yeah. um, because it's easy to take things so personally and to catastrophize and like to truly internalize it and believe it about yourself um, before you can kind of divorce the two and realize like, Oh, people one don't think about you that much. And two, like the things that they say have more to do with their internal state and what they're afraid of and their insecurities. And the second, I think I started to develop a deeper understanding of that. It was easier to let go compliments, criticisms, all of that from people that aren't, um, people that really feed into who I am you kind of have to disregard it a little bit. Totally. Even co like compliments are the hardest ones to let go of in a, in a way because they're so shiny and they're so easy. Um, and, and I'm not saying it's not good to take a compliment, but I think if people are, have ill intentions behind those compliments, it can be easy to keep toxic people around you who compliment you constantly, but they're empty. It's There's like empty a shiny cows. veneer with nothing inside. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, like all of this just comes down to how people react. That's like on them. Yeah. But it all starts with us. Yeah. You are responsible for you. You cannot control other people's actions. Yeah. You know, control what they think, what they do, et cetera, et cetera. But it, you could always control whether or not you punch back. Ooh. Right. Yes. You could always control whether or not you choose to say something. Yeah. Um, to make assumptions, whatever. Yeah. It all starts with you. You control your own universe. I think once you stop hitting back eye for an eye, you graduate from, and I know this relates to our unsolicited picks. You graduate from checkers to chess, bitch. Uh, to chess. Yeah. I'm a, a um, knock over that queen. I think, I think Just we'll knock know that exactly queen what we're talking about for unsolicited picks <laughs> yeah. this week. But last question, okay. Priscilla, before we close out our finale. Oh my God. Season finale. Season finales. Um, how do you empower the people around you with your newfound glow up? Mm. I think like when I get into heart to hearts with friends, especially nowadays, the only thing I want to be able to do is encourage them, but also point out what is noise. Yep. You know, I think like it's hard to recognize in ourselves. And a lot of times when I talk to you or talk to my husband or talk to my sister Rose, the biggest thing that they point out is like, what is noise and what you really don't need to be like focused on. But if, if you don't have the good people in your life who you can really trust to kind of lay that out for you, it's really hard to recognize on your own, but it's not impossible. But I think what I try to do in an empowering my friends is like, recognizing like that the goal is not to be anybody else but themselves recognizing that happiness cannot be achieved on the other side of something the grass happiness is always greener to, right yeah happiness yeah. has to exist here and now and it has to it has to begin from your insides outwards it radiates from the center of your core outwards 
You, you can't dip yourself in a pool of happiness and expect osmosis to have that seep into your core. It has to start at your core and work its way out. And then you have something so powerful because you emanate it from your every pore and then people around you are affected by it. A hundred percent. Your yeah. law of attraction. Oh, yes. <laughs> and also to take care of your core, do a lot of planks. <laughs> Body by Melly Lee. Um, I, that's my workout group leader. But how about you, Rox? How do you? Because I feel like you not only in your personal life empower people, but you've done a lot of talks. You've been on a lot of panels. Um, what has that looked like? Because you have a sphere of influence that's probably greater than the average person. I would say empowerment isn't just coming from like, oh, being invited to speak to a panel and then just free flowing speaking. You have to be very specific about what it is that you're saying. And that comes with doing self work. Mm -hmm. So like, why is it that I'm doing this? Why do I care so much? Why am, am I not happy with, you know, like some people when like my friend Marlo, Asis. He uh, is now a surgeon, but back in college, he really wanted to be a dentist. And he just was like, I'm going to be a dentist. You know, that was like his prerogative. And I'm like, why? And he goes, I just want to make people have the smiles that they want. And you could just tell it's so genuine and it comes from such a good place and that it's so specific and it's short and sweet that he's been thinking about that for a very long time. He's been internalizing it for a very long time. So growth is not like an overnight thing. We all know that it's a gradual journey. Mm -hmm. So it's about you spending that time with yourself, implementing these ideas and thoughts about how you look at things, what you want to work towards all of that. Mm -hmm. And the lessons you learned and how you reflected upon it and what you've learned from it and what can you give to others? It's always an exchange because I'm always receiving at the other side as well. Like always learning. Right. And it's like, I often think that, you know, even in prepping every week for an episode, it's almost counterintuitive because sometimes I'm like, I want to be able to do something like I want to be able to get the bricks out and like get the, you know, like, like brick lay. Almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the fact is the work that we do is all it doesn't appear to be work. It's about being grounded. It's about doing our due diligence. It's about sitting and being still. It's about cultivating our relationship. All these things that like. Like if I were to write a report to a boss of of the work I was doing, like I wouldn't know how to quantify any of that, mm-hmm. but it's also so key. And, and like, if you are in a position where you can empower people, the, like you're saying, the most important thing, the most important thing to cultivate is your inner life. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm so this proud of so us. Crazy. And also it's like being present, yeah. right? Because like in the beginning when we did this pod, like we would write these full outlines that were like three pages long of everything we wanted to talk about. And today, you know, Prisca and I were like, oh, yeah, we have these questions. Should we do what we usually do? No, let's just have it be. Let it flow. Even in this, we are growing and changing. Totally. You know, trusting, trusting ourselves. Yes. You know, because there's there is a lot of fear. And and you guys have been with us on this crazy learning curve. Right. Like we are learning every day. Hopefully we're going to continue to learn. But it's kind of great that at the end of the season, we really trust you guys as the listeners. We trust each other to get through this conversation without ever feeling like we're silencing one another in any way. And honestly, like learning how to bring the best out of each other. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So like we said, guys, 
this is the last episode of season one. There will be a season two, um, and it should be coming at you late January. But we are going to take a little break to hibernate, to recover. I know, Rox, you're working on a new movie. Um, We have a lot that we want to do next year, and I don't want to give too much away. But if you've enjoyed what we've been doing, you can head to our website, and there is... A support us link. <laughs> Please donate. With a PayPal link. If you have listened to 12 episodes, we've never plugged this. But if you've been enjoying what we've been doing, please head to the website twohornygoats.com. Hit that support us link. And if you can give us a dollar, that'll help us with website hosting fees. If you give us five dollars, we'll make out with you. So <laughs> Just, we consent. <laughs> also, wow, we have cheap. really great ideas for merch. So really great it. ideas for merch. So that's coming. And then it's my personal hope that I always tell Roxy that we, you know, can continue this in different forms, like a docu series on video. So we're gonna just please stay tuned. I think we have a lot in mind, and it's all it's all for the purpose of furthering where we stand, not just as women. Not just as Asian Americans, but as human beings. What a great way to close that in. <laughs> I've been watching uh, a lot of CNN. Damn, girl. I was like, <laughs> where'd you get all that? Yeah. On that note. <laughs> on that note, it's time for <laughs> Wow, it is so amazing to be in the same room because we we have never synced up are like two any goats and no. like that's literally like, No, this never. is literally like so synergetic. Yeah. Like like I feel so connected it's to like you beyond orgasmic. everything. I know yeah, it is. It is. It is. This is really intense. Like yeah. it's been in like an hour and a half long orgasm. Oh my god! Wow, is that what that is? Is that when my legs my, are my exuberant, like elated oh joy? And <laughs> did you bring your vibrator over? Let's have a party. Love. Ooh. We were just in uh, Avent Priscilla's bed earlier, but, <laughs> but which you guys will see pretty soon in our uh, social yes. media or our OnlyFans. So, yes, it's true. So we actually have the same unsolicited. Pick. Can you Are guess you what it is, guys? Can you guess what okay. it is? Okay, okay. Can you guess three, what it is? two, one. <gasps> Queen Gambit! <laughs> um, can we talk about Anya Taylor Joy? Okay, I'm gonna do the look. I'm gonna do the look. <gasps> oh my god. So coy. So like like she's so in the moment. She's so saucy, you know? This was an incredibly made series. Mm-hmm. It is extremely accurate to the time period yeah. during the Cold War era that they were going through. Also about her journey as like a child prodigy yep. in the chess game and a male dominated yeah. you know, game and then like her being so determined and obsessed mm. getting to the very top. What, at like, what, 20 years old? Yeah, and, and, you know, it gives you someone to cheer for. And it's also, like, she's so human. Even though she's, like, a little bit, seems like maybe on the spectrum. But, like, like really, truly gifted. Um, There is just, like, a human experience baked into there that I think we can all relate to. Also, the isolation that grows in her character. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 2020, But then also, her glow up. Oh, my God. Her glow up. Bringing uh, it back. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It is so well made. Yeah. It's an easy binge for it's two nights. Easy binge. What is it? Seven, eight episodes. Yeah. Really quick. Yeah. And, um, you know, for all you guys out there or people that identify as men, my husband ate this shit up. It's like, <laughs> I think we've all been missing sports a little bit, even though, yes, the Dodgers won. Woohoo! And so did the Lakers. <laughs> Woohoo! LA. And so did Joe Biden. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, so lots to cheer for but we didn't get an olympics 
Oh, you know, I, you know, we didn't get some of the sports that I think some of us are needing. So you will never, you will never have guessed how much a game of chess could like get you enthralled. It was freak. Like I'm all about learning how to play chess now. Yeah. Do you want to learn? Do you want to learn how to play chess? Okay. Okay. But if you win too many times, I'm gonna get really butthurt and insecure about it. So just let me win once in a while. I'm gonna let you win once in a while because I'm so bad at strategy games. I'm like not good at thinking ahead. I'm like so in the moment. I'm too in the moment. I'm gonna brag about that. I'm too in the moment. Oh my god! Ahead, so. Oh my god! I love this show. Anyways, yeah. you guys, please go watch it. It go is check it out. The, probably one of the best well-made shows that we have coming out because nothing's coming out because hashtag. Yeah, I guess Stranger Things world. is coming out in March, but that's like so far so away. far away. So far, they, is, they it far away? Saying, is it far away? Is it far away? Is it far away? I mean, I you're know. gonna blink and we're time gonna be is there. relative. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, my second pick, really quick, is um, Camera Lucida by <gasps> Roland Barthes. Oh that my we god! Read yes. in film class. Are you serious? You're bringing it all the way back to I'm that? I'm bringing it all the way back. I'm rereading it right Wait now. Wait a second. Yeah. What brought you back to rereading it? Um, I've always, I've always wanted to reread it. It's one of my favorite pieces. You know, does that it we talk read. about the punctum? Punk talks uh. about punctum, and then. It was actually written after his mother's death, right? So he's looking through old pictures, old photos, old letters and whatnot. He's talking about punctum, like certain images have the ability to come out and like hook you at the heart. And it's something I've just been thinking a lot about because, you know, we're we're doing that in a way we're telling stories and and what is a photo other than like capturing something at a certain point in time and that's essentially kind of what we're doing we're just bringing ourselves to this podcast and capturing where we are at that time it's little mini time capsules you know and so but he it was actually written right before he passed away so he's kind of looking back on his life um really reflecting on the highs and the lows and the difficulty but he has such a beautiful way of expressing himself it's a it's actually a really easy read once you get into it but give it a little time because it, it's a little heady at first um there's not really a narrative there's not really a clear it's it, it doesn't read like a research paper but it is you know so i would give it a read roxy and i both read it at the I, same yeah time. i re- remembered being profoundly impacted by that yeah. book and and it's interesting because like i think all great art music a painting a photograph um, could go right past the ego mm-hmm. in a couple seconds straight into your soul totally like, and that's what the book talks about too is it's like an argument for the ineffable presence of the soul mm. what is the soul how is it captured in art how is it captured in imagery and also it's like it, it's like posing interesting philosophical thought exercises like human beings before photography was invented didn't really understand their own likeness and and like even like mirrors are are pretty recent in terms of human history mm-hmm. so now we have this hyper ability to see ourselves not just in the mirror but you can wake up and take a selfie immediately so what does that do to our brains it changes it how we exist in the world changes when we can constantly have this visual understanding of the who we are yes outside of our own brain exactly because if we were to if you were to literally take your eyes and put them in mine yeah and look at yourself right yeah. now you would see something completely different than totally. your perceived experience of oh, yourself totally yeah but i think i have a good understanding of my 360 view mm-hmm. until my husband takes a candid photo of me and, <laughs> and i'm literally like 
what the fuck it's like all that fucking self-work yeah self-utilization and affirmation wait a second i'm I like i look like that i know <laughs> but i think the key here guys is we are works in progress and we are so excited to continue this journey with you rocks is there anything you want to say to close out the season yeah so i forgot my tarot cards today because i got so excited i brought priscilla a bottle of olive oil with white truffles <laughs> like are we kidding right now we're in our 30s and the 30s are so much better than 20s that is such the truth yeah um but i do have a tarot card that is coming to my head very mm. strongly right now um and it's very significant for everything that we're feeling today and it is the world card mm. so the world card is a major arcana card which talks about a huge significant time in history mm. and it talks about successful endings and successful new beginnings and the world card incorporates all of the suites so the wand the pentacle the cup um and the sword coming mm-hmm. all together to have a great big finale and i think that this resonates a lot with our podcast for season one you know like uh we really hope that all of you have a safe and amazing rest of the year we can't yeah. wait for you to join us again when we start our pilot for season two and that um whenever one door closes another one just opens so it's never ending mm-hmm. you know there's always new ways to grow and thrive wow thank you roxy <laughs> and everyone Take care of yourselves, drink water, hydrate well, and um, whatever you decide to do this holiday season, may it be filled with joy, hope, and fulfillment. All right. And to basically to close us off, guys, remember to always stay horny. This podcast is hosted by Roxy and Prisca. Engineering and music by Abraham Kim. Artwork by Connie Yen. Please visit us at twohornygoats.com. Have thoughts or questions for us? Email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. Today's outro music features You Were Mine for the Summer by Prisca. Oh my god! Oh my god, is that... Who's oh she? You? Oh my god, who's she? Paul Date and my very handsome husband, Abraham Kim. This song is about what happens when an intense summer love fades after the passage of time. Enjoy. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. 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 So caught up in this Just keep it sweet, don't let us sour There's no time for fighting, only flowers In this temporary love Cause you know we're not, we're not, we're not meant to be Meant to be together There's not, there's not, there's not meant to be Forever, forever It is only a hero We both know that we are not meant to be together It's only a hero We both know that this is not meant to be forever Can't keep holding on, holding on, holding on.